Hey podcast listeners, before we get to today's show, we received some great news about the department after we taped everything for today's episode, but it was such great and big news that we wanted to share with you some comments from Director Washington about it and not make you wait until next week. So we will let her tell you all about it, and then we'll get on with the show. Enjoy. Uh, but first I want to ask you, you know, the department and specifically you have a vision of, you know, our mantra is offender success, and you received quite an important award last week. So can you talk about what award you won and the importance of it for the, not only the department, but for you and your vision of offender success? Sure. Well, we were nominated for um, the Newsmaker of the Year by the Grand Rapids Business Journal, and being nominated in and of itself was an honor for us in recognition of our um, program, the Vocational Village, which you know we've talked about a lot, and I hope at, by this point um, everybody in the department is well aware of what the village is. And so we were nominated by the Grand Rapids Business Journal, and we actually were selected and received the award um, in Grand Rapids. They had a very um, packed room full of people that represented the business community in West Michigan, which is really key to um, what we're trying to do in the vocational village, which is promote offender success through um, through training and job skills de- development for our offenders and helping them to be able to um, get a job, a good job, um, and start it hopefully the day they leave prison. And so ha- receiving that award was an acknowledgement of the hard work, frankly, the success of the program. Well, what I'd like to do is actually go to that event that happened last week and listen to you in your acceptance speech. Who are here today um, for their amazing, innovative ideas and passion for this work. Um, we are all in this room, I think, in favor of public safety and incarceration provides temporary public safety, but offender success, which is our motto, provides permanent, long-lasting public safety. And that's what vocational village is all about. Um, we couldn't do it without the partnership of the business community. And they have been, you have all been so amazing in Western Michigan to work with us, to come in to our facility, to see what we're doing, and to take a chance and hire our offenders who we believe are going to make excellent employees for you and really help to fill the talent void that exists. And we're so proud to be here and thank you so very much. And um, to employers who are here, we're here, we want to meet you and we want to invite you to come and see what we have going on. So thank you. Well, Director, I, I love in your, in your speech where you say, um, you know, offender success to you is permanent long-term public safety. And, you know, we just had on last um, a podcast or so ago, we had the governor talking about the vocational village in the state of the state address. He talked about opening future vocational villages up. So this award is very important to us moving forward. Can you explain, can you talk more about that? Sure. One of the reasons why it's so important is because I think receiving this award for us demonstrates um, that, that people, the citizenry and the business community and, and others, um, it demonstrates that they there is acceptance of what we're doing and that people see the value in the programs that we're delivering and their impact on our communities. And so to me, um, the demonstration of that gives us the um, 
drive to continue to move forward and to expand. And in fact, we are expanding and we're going to the Parnell facility um, for our second vocational village, um, which we will be opening in February. And so that's very exciting. Um, MTU has done a great job and I always give shout outs to them and to their warden, Dwayne Burton and Mindy Brayman um, will soon be leaving MTU and going over to SMT to um, lead the second vocational village, which I am thrilled about and very excited for all of the um, opportunities that are coming for SMT to have their own warden and to be focused on such a great program. Welcome to a new episode of Field Days, a podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Field Days. I'm Greg Straub, joined by my awesome co-host, Chris Gouts, who's getting a lot of, uh, I think you were trending after the last podcast with, uh, with your dad jokes. I'm fairly confident that when I searched Twitter that you were trending, so congratulations, Chris. Well, thank you very much. I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah. Always always trending, always trending. You, you tweet out superhero pictures of yourself, so yeah, you're, uh, you're quite the big deal. But, uh, well, that's right, Chris, you are a big deal. So what's going on around the department? Well, we've had uh, actually a couple of nice stories uh, in, the, uh, in the media in the last couple of days. Um, Crane's Detroit Business uh, did a, a great, uh, had some great coverage on the vocational village and the effort that the business community has uh, in hiring parolees uh, across the state, uh, a number of uh, uh, nice business partners that are mentioned there and some of the things they were doing. So that was really nice to see. Uh, the Free Press um, had, a, had a story on the... Uh, the deep training that's taking place uh, on asbestos removal that takes place at uh, at the Detroit Reentry Center. So that was good to see some that get some attention. And uh, and MERS News uh, publication here out of Lansing had a story on our probation sentencing specialist pilots. So we're really glad to see that get some coverage. And we're I've been talking with some reporters around the state uh, to uh, further talk about that because I think that's a really important topic. And, uh, our, you know, the podcast that we had a couple of weeks ago with Kathy, I think, was one of our, at least one of my favorite ones because uh, I think it, and we really got some, some nice kudos uh about that podcast from not only out in the public but also internally from you know, people like a uh, friend of the pod uh, Russ Marlin. Yes, friend of the pod. You know, not, not to um, you know talk too much about the probation sentencing specialist, but you're, you're right. You know, actually, the deputy director said that he, he enjoyed that one so much and it was very informative. And you know, thanks again to Kathy Arnold for coming on. But he, you know, he actually said he wanted to use that as a training tool um, to give out to prosecutors and judges so they kind of uh, understand more about the process and it's and the importance of it. So. Yeah, um, good job, Kathy. We we appreciate it again. And you know what? You, you know what time it is, right, Chris? Um, I, I, I time for me to get a watch. It's it's survey time, my friend. Oh, it's survey, survey time. time. That's right. Yes, yeah, survey it's, time. It's coming up on survey time. So um, today's guest, we have we have a couple couple special guests today from the Epic Employee Engagement Committee. But first, I want to make sure that everybody realizes that um, I hope you saw in the Good Government newsletter last week that they had a very nice article about this podcast which is uh, very strange to us that anybody is, is even paying attention to our podcast. But um, it, it, it's a nice article. It gives a history of how the podcast started. Um, we'll give Noah, Deputy Warden Noah Nagy, some props there. Um, you know, he, was, he was the uh, initial originator of the podcast. So, um, Noah, congratulations. You got some, you got some airtime. 
and so make sure if you haven't read it, it, it does. It is a nice article. Um, and again, another friend of the pod, Monica Drake, writes that she was on a couple podcasts ago. So check it out if you haven't yet. So Chris, what do you think? Anything else you want to talk about? Well, since you mentioned uh, uh, some former guests, um, we had uh, some other former guests that I'd like to uh, to give a, a quick shout out to. Uh, Tim Selgo, who's a big fan of uh, Noah Nagy and vice versa, uh, it was announced last week that he won the 2017 2017 Lifetime Achievement Award from the Division II Athletic Directors Association. So congratulations uh, to Tim. That, that was that was very nice. And uh, and just recently, I had I had seen in the paper that uh, another one of our former guests, Elmer Hitt the Deputy Chief of the Jackson Police Department, uh, was named earlier this month as the Interim Director of Police and Fire Services for the City of Jackson. And there's one other former guest that I, I know that you're quite familiar with that right. also got a promotion uh, uh-huh. since being on the podcast. My, my Idaho homeboy, that's Ke- that, Kevin yeah. Kemp. Yes. Yeah, yeah, your Idaho homeboy, that's right. Yeah. What, and, what is, uh, and what is Kevin doing now? Well, he's the Executive Director of ASCA, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. So, congrats to, to Kevin and Tim and, and Elmer, and, uh, and so this is, I think, officially now we can call this the the field days bump. So, <laughs> so those who come on the show, you are more likely to have success in their careers after they appear with us. So, so what's our problem then? So yeah, we <laughs> we, we, we are stuck here, uh, and that's just fine. We love what we do, but you know, ever since you know some of this news has come out, you know, the phone line for our Booker mm-hmm. has just really been blown yes. up. People want to be on the pod, so. Yep. Yeah, we're getting a green room. We're getting, we're getting. Uh, we actually have swag. We now. have swag. We give out to our guests. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is getting pretty big. No, all great guys. Congratulations to all three of them. Um, they, they were they were wonderful interviews. All wonderful guys. So um, kudos, congratulations, and uh, let's get to our let's get to our guest. Sounds good. Well, Chris, I'm excited to have on today some people uh, to talk about the, the survey. We got Kathy Kiefer. She's an almost 25 year employee with the MDOC. She's currently an acting departmental specialist in the EPIC office. And we also have on Matt Mates, who is a 20-year MDOC employee, and he currently works as a lieutenant at the Parnell Correctional Facility. Welcome, Kathy and Matt, to Field Days. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, you know, Chris and I have talked on the past few episodes of Field Days about the employee survey that's coming up. And it'll be our fourth survey. And this is the first one with our, with our current director, Director Washington. So I kind of want to get into... Um, you know, what, what's important about it, what do you guys want to talk about, why people should take it. So our first question is, why are we doing our fourth survey? Um, as you just pointed out, this is going to be the first survey under Directi- Director Washington and her leadership team. I feel like we need to take advantage of the opportunity that we're given by participating in the survey because collectively, you know, staff have a loud voice. We have, we have about 13,000 employees. So if we we take the opportunity to answer the questions honestly and objectively, that's the best way we're going to have to express our opinion as a whole. You know, there's a large group of people. It's, it's the one format where everybody gets to openly give answers, give opinions, and give their ideas. Another thing is epic teams like the one that, that, that I'm on um, with employee engagement will be using responses from the survey to call attention to what we're doing well and also point us in some areas where we, we uh, possibly need to make some improvements. Again, this is just the department's way of ensuring we're all given a platform and it's up to us to use it. So uh, what I'm hearing you say is uh, you, you guys, you're, you're on, a, you're on a, an EPIC employee engagement committee? Yes. Okay. And this is, so this is um, part of it because I've, I've seen, you know, a few emails come out recently about 
why to take the survey. There's some there's some um, some cool pictures of you guys all working together. So this this all stems from your committee. Yes. Okay. Good to know. Um, we've got we're we're the employee engagement committee, um, and we have some subgroups within the committee. Okay. Um, we have communication, employee rec day, and also a subcommittee that specifically works on the survey, and they're working very hard on that right now. Good to know. Thank you. Um, so the next question is. I'm sure this isn't a free survey. So who, who actually pays for the survey? Uh, the majority of the funding for this year's survey, as well as the, the other three in 2012, 13, and 15, um, came from the W.K. Kellogg Foundation. Okay, and we all know PricewaterhouseCoopers are the ones who administers the survey, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, having said all that, what if the survey doesn't ask me about an area that's important to me? So, you know, I go through all the survey, I end it, I say submit, and I think, you know, well, I, I wish they would ask me this. What do I do? So how many questions are there total? 58, 60-ish? 58. 58 questions total. Um, after the 58 questions, there are going to be actual text boxes where you can answer a question in your own words. It's not a multiple choice or it's not a, it's not a strongly agree to, strongly disagree to strongly agree. So there's six different categories and those categories are career opportunities and training, communication, diversity and inclusion, leadership, recognition, compensation, uh, tools and resources, and an other or general category. So each one of those boxes are going to give you an opportunity to speak your mind, basically with up to 400 characters. So I, I guess what that leads up to is you're given an opportunity to use 2,800 characters to, to, to speak your mind. And I think the last survey, if I remember right, I don't remember exactly how many categories we had, but they were only, you were allowed 200 characters. Okay. So there's, there's a lot more room for that for this one. Well, well, since, you know, people are speaking their mind, you know, some might be hesitant about doing that and being worried that they're going to, you know, uh, get in trouble for, for speaking their mind, which obviously is not the case. So and we, we always hear a lot about the question of anonymity. And so how can you assure somebody and convince them that the survey is truly anonymous if they're worried about that? Um, one of the that's a really hot topic with with a lot of people that you talk to as it relates to the survey Um, when you log into the survey one of the first things you'll see when you log in is a disclaimer um, and it actually states that PwC or PricewaterhouseCoopers is the sole custodian of the survey Um, it makes it very clear that they're prohibited from leasing releasing any specific survey information I have a few facts that relate to the anonymity and throughout the facts, I'm, I'm going to read the, some facts off from a list, um, and I'm actually going to refer to PricewaterhouseCoopers as PwC rather than try and say that whole thing. <laughs> we appreciate that. Um, so first, PwC is an independent third-party organization that's completely separate from the state of Michigan. Um, we've contracted with PwC to administer to the entire survey externally. So when you go in and you click on the survey link, um, you'll then be sent to PwC's website outside of the state of Michigan network, uh, to access and there you'll complete the survey. PwC is responsible for data integrity and is ethically and legally bound to adhere to the anonymity requirements that are in place. There'll be no identifying inf- employee information retained at PwC. Uh, the state will only receive a summary of the standardized responses. No member of management or any other employee at the state of Michigan has access to any individual data that could identify specific employees. So none of the information that you're going to give out as part of your answers or as part of your demographic is going to come back to the, the state of Michigan. For the optional comment questions, PwC will make available a list of comments by category that I've already spoke about. 
and again, no information about any individual respondents are included. And it actually, in the, the question, the frequently asked questions section um, on the Office of Good Government's website, it actually points out in there during, in those boxes, the text boxes that, that give you an area to write write in your, your own opinion, that you also don't give any identifying information in those either. Well, like you mentioned, uh, demo demographics um, aren't reported. So I know we've had some questions from people wanting to know why we have to include those demographic questions uh, anyway. Why should they have to, why do they answer those? Demographic questions are used for reporting purposes along with the other survey questions. They're used to gain additional insights into the experiences, feelings, and concerns of various demographic groups. It identifies issues specific to gender, ethnicity, race, and age. PwC uses the Rule of Ten, and the Rule of Ten has two parts. The first being no survey reports will be provided for areas that do not have at least ten survey responses in their area. The second demographic data will only be available if there's 10 or more responses representing a specific demographic category within a section. <clears throat> One of the big concerns seems to be if, if I'm a female supervisor in my unit or if you're, you know, you're the only male in your department. Um, and if, you, if that's the case, if an office has fewer than 10 responses, no report will be produced at that level. Instead, the responses will roll up and be included within the survey report at the next organizational level. If at least 10 men and 10 women respond to the survey within a business unit, a general survey report will be provided to the section. Comparative information about men and women in each section responded will be available, but only upon request. If seven women and eight men respond to the survey within a business unit, there are more than 10 responses total. A general survey report would be provided to this section. However, this report will include no demographic information. The rule of 10 applies across all groups and across all levels. An example would be the EPIC section or the Public Information Office. There's only three employees in each of these areas. The responses received from these sections will be reported at the next organizational level, provided that level has at least 10 responses. In this case, there's only going to be six responses, three from the EPIC section, three from the Public Information Office. So they're gonna roll up one more level, and then they'll be combined with the areas of the executive office. That, that's good to know, especially since that involves, involves me, but uh, <laughs> so, so I'm good, good to know. Um, so. Once we take the survey, we've got a couple weeks to do it. Um, what happens after the survey? Okay, actually, every Friday, the facilities and the offices will receive updates regarding the participation rates. The data will then be analyzed and reported by PwC. PwC is going to prepare a summary report of all responses, both statewide and for each agency. The agency reports will include a summary of responses from facilities and offices, and you'll be hearing from your leadership regarding your results approximately six weeks after the completion of the survey. Okay, well, that, that's, that's good to know. So I guess to, to wrap things up, I mean, what, uh, what are some of your final thoughts and what do we want to say about the survey and leave people with? Okay. Just remember there's no right or wrong answers. The survey is going to take less than 15 minutes, and you can do it on work time. Please respond to the entire survey, and if you're still asking yourself why bother, I truly believe the director is interested in hearing about the positive things that are going on, and she's committed to acting on areas that may need improvement. This is your opportunity to share your voice. No, that's good stuff. May I got one more question for you. So if I'm a corrections officer inside a facility who doesn't routinely have a computer to take, a, take the survey out, what do sure. I do? Um, 
we're going to have specified, we have work locations within the facility um, where everybody can get on a computer and take the survey. Um, it's, it's a lot like doing online training. There, there's going to be a space we're going to make time, and, I mean, if I need to pull you to control center and get your relief, I'll do that. You know, so there's definitely opportunity to get it done. Okay, good, good to know. And, you know, <coughs> the survey is an important thing. I mean, every, every organization in, in private sector, you know, public sector, they, they do surveys to, to, you know, to kind of gauge where employees are at um, with their engagement. So this is, not, this is not abnormal for anybody to do. This is very typical, and I think it's very important for us um, to have a voice, right? So if you're going to complain about things, here's your opportunity to, to, to try to make things better. Sure. And if things are going well, here's your opportunity to tell, to tell the director, hey, I like this, what you're doing right now. Keep doing it. Um, so it doesn't change, right? I mean, this is the whole idea of the survey, and you know, I, I really hope that everybody takes um, their opportunity to do that. So, and, and, just to, and just to highlight again, because you brought this up on the last podcast, Chris, if you do take the survey, don't forget that if, even if you say you took the survey, you're going to get a gift, right? Um, there's, a nice, there's a nice notepad that the department's going to give out, so make sure you get that if you take the survey. Again, thanks, guys. Is, is there anything else you guys want to leave us with? Yeah, um, a couple of things about taking the survey, too, and going back to, like, the custody element or, or getting people to a workstation. Um, for anybody, everybody's busy. I don't, it doesn't matter where you are. Um, <clears throat> one of the benefits with the survey is if you go through the survey, you get it partially done. It's only going to take you about 15 minutes, but let's say something pulls you away. You can save it, and then when you log back in, you're going to be taken right back to where you left off. That way you can finish the survey. You know, and I just want to touch again on the anonymity piece. The director wants to hear what people have to say, whether that's a negative or a positive. So, you know, this is the opportunity. Um, and just take the survey, be honest, and be objective. Give your answers. If we didn't want to know, we wouldn't ask. And, you know, it's, I've never heard of any, for anybody worried about the anonymity piece, I've never ever heard of any repercussion or any retaliation as it relates to the, the anonymity. Wait, so nobody's been fired for taking the survey? Is that what you're I'm saying? I'm pretty sure nobody's <laughs> been fired. You know, and for anybody that's really excited about the survey, you can only do it once. So, you know, sorry about that. And it is being done statewide as well. It's not just the Department of Corrections. It's all the departments that are taking it. Well, that's all good stuff, and we appreciate you guys coming on today because you're, you're not I mean, you're not part of PWC. You're not part of good government. You're part of MDOC, and you're just staff who work for MDOC, so you have no agenda um, you know, to make people take it. So it's staff like you guys, it's staff like us um, that should take it and let their, let their opinions, let their voice be heard. So thanks, guys, for coming on here. I know, it's, I know sometimes it's not fun to come on a podcast to talk about this stuff, but, um, but we appreciate it. I think it's important for normal, everyday staff who are just like everybody out there listening mm -hmm. um, to kind of show the importance of taking the survey and uh, why it's important, where it goes, and what it does. So thanks, guys. We appreciate it. Thank thanks you for, for having us. us. Thanks for having us. Thank I appreciate you. it. All right. As always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at MI Corrections and on Twitter at Michigan DOC, as well as the FOA account at MDOC FOA and the CFA account at MDOC CFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Field Days Podcast.